0: it's your
1: boy like, western words like, i gotta say what's up smock out smooth bacon tuned into the smooth bacon podcast the Smoke
0: Baker podcast. yo man what is going on everybody first off i got to start off by shouting out standout nation they geared me up hooked me up with these badass shoes and a stope-ass shirt They knew that I was going to do an interview today, and they said, hey, man, come through. Uh, Big shout out to Cosign Magazine, the Cosign Awards. I actually just won an award, Bo. 2023 Public Figure of the Year. I just won an award. Shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. My brother's in the building. And you know what? My brother never comes to see me film. So you know the reason why he's here is because some dope shit is about to go down. Look, man. Mo, you've been, you've been doing interviews with me for a while on the podcast, but you always know that my the octave in my voice goes a little bit louder whenever I have pro wrestlers in the building because everybody that knows me knows that since I've been a kid, since as far back as my memory goes, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. And listen, man, I, I, today I am joined by a fucking legend. Look, put some goddamn respect on this man's name. Look, I always say this, to be a great... To be considered a great, you gotta be able to reproduce greats. This man has had an amazing career, a great career, and now he's reproducing people that have great careers as well. Man, I've seen it from the beginning. Listen, man, the Hall of Pain, uh, uh, Sexual Chocolate, the World's Strongest Man, the Nation of Domination, which I'm gonna get back to the Nation of Domination here in a minute. But look, WWE Hall of Famer, now part of All Elite Wrestling, Man, I am fucking honored to be joined by the one, the only, an Olympian, a goddamn legend, a GOAT,
1: Mark Henry's in the building. What's up, man? Man, thank you for the introduction, man. <laughs> I like that. I, I mean, you know, sometimes you 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 tend to not get caught up in your own hype. <laughs> I, I just never allowed myself to feel like, you know, hey man, you all that. Like, but when you hear your credentials and you hear how people see you, it's hard not to. And, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm still just so evenly killed with it. You know, I don't never want to let that go to my head.
0: Dude, I I feel like a fucking teenager right now. I'm, (laughs) I'm 38 years old and I feel like a kid right now. Look, let me tell you something. Before I go any further, gotta give you your flowers. Thank you so much. Damn near 30 years of entertainment that you gave uh, and continue to give us, not only through your work, but through the work that you're putting in, through the next generation of people you're bringing in. Thank you so much for the work that you've put in uh, for us, to to entertain us. Thank you so much, seriously.
1: Thank you. Two more years, 30 years.
0: Yeah, I know, man. I've been keeping track, you know, and big thank you to AEW for, you know, having you come out here today to join me on the podcast to talk about not only all things AEW, but to talk, to talk all things Mark Henry. And like I said, I started off by saying, to be considered a great, you have to be able to reproduce greats. We were talking on the way over here about some of the great careers that you've had your fingerprints on, that your DNA's in, Rich Swan, Apollo Crews, Baron Corbin, uh, Braun Strowman, but I want to specifically talk about two talents, and that's Uh, Bianca Belair and Jade Cargill who both in my opinion are currently on course to have a main event program probably on the biggest show that there is in pro wrestling Mm -hmm. and they are a byproduct of Mark Henry how does it feel when you see these two women building you know this big program that would not be possible without you identifying this talent and saying you know what I think you can be in this field and succeed and goddamn were you not only right I mean when you're right you're right huh oh man you're right
1: I didn't mess with either one of them um I'm I'm very proud I'm very proud I, I know what it looks like uh for success to happen I've been surrounded by you know my whole life and if you can't recognize what's staring you in the face, that you look and, you look and you go, "Who, who is that?" You start asking questions, like, "What do they do?" Like, you know, you hear them talk, and they they make people laugh, and um, they 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 interact with everybody because you need people that are glib and colorful that have an understanding that you can't be shy. You can't be in your own skin, like, afraid of being yourself. And Bianca is not afraid of anything, and neither is Jaden. I could see them both uh, meeting at WrestleMania one day (laughs) in a main event uh, capacity, both of them. Absolutely. My question is, who would you want to win? Wow. (laughs) Um... I've always subscribed to the theory that WrestleMania is the payoff. So, whoever was going as the babyface is who I would want to win. Absolutely. And you know what? I think it's crazy because you know I mentioned some of the wrestlers
0: that um, that you that you know you played a big part in not only discovering them and getting them to the big show. All of them champions. Every single one of them champions.
1: Bianca champion, Jade champion, Rich Swan champion, Paulo Cruz champion, Baron Corbin world champion, Brian Danielson world champion. Uh, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman world champion. I mean, come like, on. I'm, I'm batting a thousand. Come on. and You know what? I there's a to... lot of others that are not champions, but those, the notables are the ones that y'all hear about a lot, but it, it, there's, Man, there's hundreds of wrestlers that, you know, like uh, Pat Buck, who is at AEW. Uh, He's uh, one of the lead writers, directors, producers for AEW. Like, when he was young, I told him that he was too shy, that he needed to come out his closet. And he was like, you know, I just don't want to make waves and stuff. It's like wrestling is about making waves. Yep. You know, so like I, there are people that I I touched early on in their careers and, and, and he didn't have money. He Spent all his money on gas driving from New York to Louisville, Kentucky. And I would take him to Golden Corral to Luby's and places yeah. like that. I was like, bring some Ziploc bags. Like we, you you gotta. Hey, you, you don't want to starve, so you gotta. You gotta teach people how to eat. You gotta teach people yeah. not just uh, physically speaking, but metaphorically speaking. You gotta get them to understand that you know, if, if you're gonna eat, you gotta open your mouth. But see, this is the thing about it. You know, I I had seen an interview that you had mentioned.
0: You know, right before you departed WWE to go to AEW, you know, you had expressed like. I want to transition into the executive role. I want to start, you know, really going to that next phase. And in my opinion, you are already operating as an executive when you're able to, you know, scout talent at that level. Because, you know, the, some of the names we mentioned, uh, some, that was some, some heavy, heavy hitters, Hall of Fame careers that yeah. are a direct result of your fingerprints on these people and being able to identify. I'm like thinking in my head, how in the world can an organization not see your value to that degree? Now, granted, maybe timing, you know, we'll never say that that might have not been it, but is that kind of what opened the door for you to be able to get it now to where you're at with AEW? And is AEW kind of allowing you to kind of spread your wings in that capacity?
1: Well, I'm going to say this. There's a lot I know now that I didn't know when I was at WWE. Gotcha. Uh, I've learned a lot these last 3 years uh at AEW how to be an executive and at that level they didn't want to do on the job training I I think that's that's the but I if I if I owned the company I would have just said hey I'm going to make you the special assistant to the chairman uh, this is what you what I want you to try to accomplish every day, and just go with that. But that's not what happened, and I don't hold no grudges. It ain't, it ain't no heat, you know. It's like um, Vince knows how competitive I am, and I told him I was like, man, like I, w- I want to win, like I not, not just. Um, Win as far as you know who's the person holding the title over their head, but I want to be a connected with success. Being connected with success is what turned me on. Yeah, it it ain't man. Like the the days of looking at hot girls don't do it for me. <laughs> like the thing that like making something go to the top and you see somebody win an oscar i want to see a i want to be connected to a wrestler that wins an oscar Hey, you might be me
0: hey man you, you might know be. what i'm saying
1: <laughs> like i i want to do something that haven't been done before
0: well you know and i think for me whenever i think about your career and by the way i was telling you earlier one of my favorite uh moments ever on tv was your fake retirement angle man you know that was a fucking it was cinema it was beautiful it got me in real time uh but you know talking about um you know just being connected this is the reoccurring theme of the episode right to be considered a great you have to be able to reproduce greats it's something about because i i I share that passion with you where for me it's like it's not about what you know i've done in my career uh you know even though i have have had a decorated career in my field it's now being able to pay it forward, and extend my lifeline professionally 15, 20 years by being able to bring in that next generation of talent. Right. And, and see I- the
1: success of your cameraman, your lighting technicians, the people that help you produce. Correct. Like, you want to see people go and eat. Like, if you can get a job doing something that pays more than what I pay you, right, listen, go do it. Make sure that I have somebody that's qualified and able to, you know, run my show,
0: man. For sure, and I think that's what it's all about. I want to talk about AEW, right? Obviously, AEW is still in its first five years of existence. I I feel that AEW has been uh, such a, not only such a great alternative uh, for pro wrestling fans, but also really had an impact in 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 a world that needed a shakeup. It needed to be disrupted. Uh, let's be honest. I mean. Right now, currently in WWE, you have the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. That does not happen without AEW being the segue to, to that. The CM Punk is now back in WWE 1,000%. That does not happen without AEW's existence. Right. Uh, where do you see the state of AEW currently right now? Obviously, it's, it's still early. It's still growing. But you're seeing guys like Adam Copeland, uh, who's... Edge in WWE. You see guys like Christian Cage. You got guys like Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, uh, not to mention people like Daniel Garcia. What, you see the great things at Swerve? Swerve was here the other day. Oh, man. Some of the things that he's doing right now, amazing. MJF, obviously. Uh, what do you kind of feel about where AEW's currently at and, and how you've seen it grow in the time that you've been there?
1: Man, I, I've seen the growth. I've seen the development. Um, you start at the top. MJF, has evolved already in the three years that I've been there. He went from uh, barely cracking TV to being the number one guy. That's a long, long stride. That's a long way. That's not driving. That's not even flying. That's getting on the space shuttle. <laughs> There's a you see what I'm saying? There's a difference in what MJF did than a lot of the other people. But also um, the, the divisions uh, and the tournaments and the stuff that AEW is doing to put everybody in a in a positive. It's hard, man, to make multiple champions. You you want to make a champion. Not just, you know, the multiples. You want people to have like, career-defining moments. And they've done a really, really good job of
0: doing that. You know, I think for the casual wrestling fans out there that may be watching, that may not be as familiar with AEW, let me kind of put this into perspective, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, obviously, you have the melodramatics with WWE, the storyline. It's more, you know, kind of soap opera with the wrestling being more on the, you know, pay-per-view payoff. I think when you look at AEW, for me, it's, a lot less talk and more action. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's still strong promos on there, but if you want to get your pro wrestling fix and some strong in-ring uh, you know action, I think AEW fits that. And that's for anybody that's not watching. Because I'm going to tell you something. When I watched, uh, uh, what is it? Brang- Brian Danielson. I always butcher his name because I keep on going to Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan. Brang- when he wrestled Kenny Omega, uh, in uh, Asher what is it The the in New York when they wrestled I at remember,
1: the Arthur Ashe Stadium they
0: Arthur Ashe Stadium wow that was probably one of the best Tremendous. matches I've ever seen on TV ever uh, you know because it wasn't a paper this was on network television Danielson like,
1: like, has had some some bangers yeah I mean the, the match that he had uh, with Adam Page for an hour
0: oh yeah I remember that
1: one like I'm I'm at ringside just going, guys, like y'all. Um, this is gonna outlive you. Yeah, man. You you know how incredible a match you got to have to where you stop thinking about right now. You start thinking, wow, twenty years from now, people are gonna be watching this, going, what a hell of a job they did. So like. You know, AEW is they they've they've put forward some great moments, but also business-wise, you know, like having a relationship with Warner Brothers and uh, being on TBS and TNT and having the the commercial space and the sponsors that they have, like that is big because what they've done is they've gave other wrestlers a way to make a living, to make money. Mm. Because when WCW went down and WWE took over, yeah, they kept a lot of guys. But they also, there was a lot of guys that left. Yeah. And, you know, AEW has came along and gave um, wrestlers another place to go where they can create leverage for themselves. Yeah. You know, like, hey, man, I want to make X amount of dollars. Uh, Well, this is all we got to offer you. But if there's another place in town then you can say, well, I'll just go over there. They offered me this. I I was giving you the opportunity to match it.
0: Yeah, And I also think, too, when you look at someone, for example, like Swerve Strickland, who was on the show, who, you know, was part of WWE at one point, clearly dropped the ball with him, uh, or it didn't work out there, right? He comes over to AEW, and look at what he's doing right now. Like, he's elevated, man. He's He's... I mean, honestly, probably having, if not one of, I, I told him the other day, I think he's the breakout pro wrestler of 23. He
1: is definitely the breakout wrestler of 23. I, I truly um, believe that. But but you you look—you got to look at this too. Is he the same guy no. that, that he was at WWE? Not at all. At NXT? Nope. He not the same guy. He grew up. He 20 pounds heavier. He looks more of the part. Also, he didn't do a lot of the hardcore, the tough character building, the, the, the phase that you go, hey, man, be careful. That dude ain't right. Yeah. He's willing to put himself through pain in order for you to have pain. He wasn't that guy. Now he's a dick. So he's the same man but just elevate it.
0: You know, so I, here's one thing I wanted to talk about. So obviously, you know, a lot of times when, you know, pro wrestlers, um, you know, it doesn't work out with one organization. Uh, they get let go or they leave. You'll see the online fans, you know, ah, oh, he should have got to push, should have got to push. And, you know, what I was talking to you a little while ago about was like, man, how much of it, well, I look at it like a lot of it, I feel, has to do with attitude, right? Like, you know, how bad does somebody want it? And, you know, I think early in your career, if I'm not mistaken, right, uh, you, when you first came in to pro wrestling, uh, I I read and I heard that you didn't have the
1: best attitude early on, right? Uh, no, I, well, I, I didn't. I, I, you know, I didn't have the best attitude because I was not used to pro wrestling. Mm. I was a fan and I felt disrespected by wrestlers at that time. Mm. They, didn't, they didn't give a shit about the journey that I had been on for the company to notice me. And at that point, there, you know, there, there were people that were like, hey man, you gotta throw all that stuff that you did before away, and you only focus on what we're doing. And I was like, that's not, I don't know. I'm not going to put the fact that I was the best on earth at something. You want me to throw that away? Why bring me here? So that was my mentality. And some of it was correct. But I also got hazed. And I got I had people that, that you know, there was no indoctrination into pro wrestling. It was just... I'm a rib you and play practical jokes and stuff like that. I was Mark Henry. I wasn't used to nobody trying to play jokes on me. I, I would, fought first.
0: I would never want to fuck with Mark Henry.
1: <laughs> and that's very wise. But they did. Yeah. So when I acted out, it made me look bad. Mm. And there were times where it got to the point where I didn't want to be there. And then uh, I started meeting people like Owen. And... Those were the guys that were like, "Hey, this is the way you need to be." And when it got to that point, I got—I ended up, you know, going away. I uh, went to Canada, learned how to work better, and I learned how to deal with the locker room. And I and going to Louisville and and meeting Rip Rogers. Rip Rogers taught me how to not be so caught up in your feelings. And, like, I didn't realize that I was in my feelings in the first place. So, like, there was wrestling is taught to you. And, um, man, some of these young people that that we see today, some of them gonna make it. But there'll be people that you see come into uh, AEW and come into Impact and NXT and uh, developmental wrestling all over the world that you won't ever see again.
0: It, and I think that's kind of the question I had for you, which was obviously, you know, you had someone like Owen, you know, kind of put you on on the on the path to like, hey, man, you know, just put his arm around you. And now you're in that position where you're a mentor. You could put your arm around some of these guys that you might see like, man, look, dude, I mean, obviously patience is a part of it, putting in that work. And, and really wanting to be better because, like, you know, obviously I've been around some of the boys and, you know, I'm not, I'm, I haven't been, obviously as close to the business as you have, but I've heard guys talk about other guys that don't have the best attitude. And I, I think yes. that plays a big part in why you don't see certain guys go past a certain point, you know, in, 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 in this
1: business, you no, know, there's thousands of guys that should have made it and didn't because of one thing or another and attitude. Work ethic and being content are three of the most damaging things to pro wrestling because you can't ever get content. Mm. You gotta want more and more and more, and you cannot be idle mind and not have goals of grandeur and wanting to be great, wanting to be on the main stage and wanting to and and not be jealous but a little envious that somebody else got the opportunity and you didn't. Yeah. Like, I, I, man, I got to go do something else to make these people say, "Put no, put me in there. Yeah. Like, if you're not going to put me in there, then shit, give me my walking papers. I'll go somewhere else and try. Yeah, You got to have that mentality. And then you got to have the work ethic. The studying and trying it over and over. I'm gonna try it a different way. I'm gonna say it a different way. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here, even though they told me, "Hey, we're not ready for you yet." I'm not taking no for an answer because I, I heard it from you, but somebody else over there they may not have seen what I'm doing. I'm good. Like you got gotta have a level of confidence. Yeah. Like so. Um, I, I I grew out of that because of the people that were teaching me. Everybody don't have teachers like me. Yeah, and that's why you know talking about paying it forward. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about
0: in in regards to AEW, one of the things that I've I I enjoyed and that I love that AEW has done is honor Owen Hart. You know, I know how much Owen yeah. has meant to you. The the Owen Hart uh cup. You know, I think that was a, a unique way of honoring him. Uh, being able to even have a t-shirt on sale you know through the deal that they made with the the Martha Hart Foundation uh I know for you you've been vocal about wanting to see him be honored and how much he's meant to your career how, what what did that mean to you to see you know Owen's name just on on national television again and you know being able to reintroduce him to this new generation because one thing about Owen Hart for those that weren't fortunate enough to see him uh, you know during this time um you gotta go watch these videos because his style is very influential into what you see
1: yeah, in today. today's style. Yeah. Today's style is Owen Hart. For sure. Like the um just the just the the wrestling reversals that lead to um a sequence of events. Owen, oh. or I mean David Boy uh and you know, did it too. But they were all like, you know, yeah. copying each other. You know, <laughs> that that was that was their 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 family. You know, uh, Kurt Henning was another one, and one of the greatest that you know did that sequence wrestling. He would do this, and he would do that, and then you would stop this, and then he would reverse it, and then he hit you with a perfect flex. And it, like everybody don't wrestle that, but AEW style is very much like that across the board. Look at the Dark Order. Yeah. The Dark Order, they're not the elite of the elite at AEW, but everybody cheers for them and pulls for them and reacts to them because they do an exciting style and they are over with the fans. And that was the thing about Owen. Owen, the I love the Owen Cup because of the competition. Now, we got a tournament going on right now. Yeah, the Continental Classic. And that Continental Classic is... Awesome. It's incredible. But it's a derivative, I think, of the Owen Cup. Yeah. So, like, you know, I was so it was so good to see Martha again and to see the kids uh being grown-ups now, like, and her allowing my brother to be honored. Yeah. And, you know, you if you look at her son, can you imagine waking up every day? And seeing a likeness that looked just like Owen, yeah, man. He I something. mean, he is a spitting image. How much it used to hurt her, just to wake up and Owen not be here, and then have to look at that little boy that looked just like him. Is that that had to be rough? So I I I just wanted her to be uh, okay, but it happened on her time. Yeah, it had to happen on her time. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, you know, I felt like. At some point, I might have been too selfish wanting it for me because I felt like it would make me feel good to see him honored. But, you know, it had to be on her time.
0: And I mean, kudos to Tony Khan and AEW for making it happen because, you know, I feel like his story, you know, especially within pro wrestling, deserves to be told. Yeah, It deserves to be told. I was telling you, Look, man, I don't know if you've seen Logan Paul in that ring, but
1: he looked like he looked like <laughs> a Owen
0: clone. Yeah, I'm like, dude. Every time I see him, I jump on Twitter. I'm like, Logan Paul reminds me of a young Owen Hart, and it's crazy to say that. But just look at the mannerisms, the facial expression, and I'm like, dude, that that's Owen. Yeah, and, and you see how many people are raving about how he performs. That's Owen. That, to me, that's Owen, you
1: know? Man, Owen was still the show. Yeah. Every time. And he used to have that mentality. And I talked about work ethic. Like, there, you would have been hard-pressed to try to find somebody to outwork Owen. I, man. That WrestleMania 10 match with him and Brad is still one of my favorites. <sighs> Incredible. A clinic. A clinic. Uh, it's a historical reference of what pro wrestling is. Do yourself a favor, go watch that match if you haven't yet.
0: Yeah. Uh, switching gears, man. You know, look, WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, you, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh they've they've been inducting these factions. You know, you got NWO, you got DX. God damn it, we need the nation when of domination. The nation it has going to going in? It has to happen. The nation of domination. Easily one of the most influential factions. The culture wants it. The culture needs it. I mean, you're talking about a group of bad men in pajamas. Mark Henry, Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk. You got the Godfather. And why my
1: boy D-Lo not in? Uh,
0: D-Lo Brown, man, D-Lo why Brown. Why is D-Lo not in? D-Lo's a bad man. And of course, you already know where I'm going the last one the future
1: president of the United States. The future president, <laughs> the Dwayne United The Rock Johnson.
0: Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yo, first off, let's talk about the impact that the nation of domination has, because it seems like as time has gone on, it has grown more legs, more people are just like, maybe it's that age that grew up, you know, that 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 now we're adults, mm-hmm. but it's like, bro, People
1: fucking love the nation of domination. Look at the success. Man, you're not lying. Everybody in the nation, after they were done, had individual runs that were to the moon. True that. Everybody was a champion. That's true. Everybody. That
0: is true. My man Dilo had the European title and the hardcore title. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like,
1: the dude was must-see TV. And I hope that they're not holding against him that he was not a world champion. Yeah. But he was a champion. And, um, I mean, I learned so much from D-Lo. D-Lo mentored uh, me even though we were real close in age. Um, Ron, he had been in the business three years longer than I did and ron was like man just listen to D-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> and ron was like uh the master's teacher to all of us uh even even godfather like oh. if if ron started talking everybody shut up and listen like that's how influential ron was ron was very special to the nation
0: yeah i mean i, I mean look i i would love to see it you know, I think you guys deserve it. I think what you guys have meant to the culture and what you guys continue to mean to the culture, um, man, it's, it's just impact beyond measure. Impact beyond measure. Now, uh, we mentioned the rock, you know, obviously the rock future president of the United States. Are you going to vote for him? Whatever he decides to go. It depends on his
1: policy. (laughs) I can't let my personal feelings (laughs) get in, the in the way of the success of the country. Um, (laughs) He going to have to woo me. He's going to have to make some promises and he going to have to like uh he going to have to keep those promises to the people.
0: Man, look, you know, you 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 guys essentially started at the same time. You know, in terms of, you know, y'all's yeah, journey. Yeah, we lived together. Yeah, I think y'all shared uh y'all y'all were on the road together. I I I heard some of y'all shared an apartment together like how was and you know what, by the way, Rock, wherever you're at, there was this TV show called Young Rock where he was getting started. I never saw young Mark Henry on your show,
1: by the way. Um, didn't need it. <laughs> he didn't need it.
0: That
1: story, that story is well documented. Yeah, I know. But how was it being with Young Rock? I mean, you know, early in his
0: career, obviously I can only imagine how proud of you, you are of his success I'm today. I'm so
1: proud, like, to see him go and do uh, how well he's done, um, is has been very, very special. Um, he knew a lot more about wrestling than I did. Like he would even tell me, "Man, you a fan?" <laughs> He's like, "This you can't think like a fan. You got to think like a businessman." That is the difference between wrestling royalty and some entry level fan. And he he understood the business of wrestling. And I was just so honored that he shared with me because a lot of what I know is based off those conversations that we would have at dinner about how I needed to change and how I needed to stop doing this and start doing that. Mark, you never going to do arm drags. Why are you trying to do arm drags? Hell, I'm the one that should be doing the arm drags. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he would talk to you very... Um, a matter-of-factly, but that was the way that he learned. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate them days.
0: Man, let me tell you something. I think when you talked a little while ago about, you know, what makes a pro wrestler go, go from here to here, you talk about work ethic, complacency, you know, it's well-documented. Obviously, The Rock's journey early on wasn't Nobody easy. Nobody
1: worked harder than him.
0: And and it wasn't easy. The, these guys, didn't. some of the guys back there didn't want to see him They hated him, too. They didn't want to see him do good because, you know, he was a threat. Yeah, and and he put in the work. Rest is history, and I know that you. That was a
1: pretty damn good first class of <laughs> developmental wrestler. Yeah, when I came in, and then six months later he came in. The first two guys to be developmental wrestlers both became greats. Yeah, and um, a lot of that you you have to put on Tom Pritchard, but you also got to put on Vince. It's because Vince don't like failing. And Vince was like, no, you that was the shits. Like, you need to get better. And this is how. A lot of people will tell you the shits and tell you you ain't good and discourage you, and then they don't tell you how to build yourself, how to build you up. Vince always, he will tell you, yeah, you, that was rotten. Like, don't ever let me see you do that again. <laughs> But how about this? And then give you a lesson on how to get better and who you might need to watch. How, won't you just go watch film? Like Vince was the one that instilled that in us. One more question about
0: The Rock. You guys used to live together, spend a lot of time together.
1: He liked pancakes.
0: I was gonna ask you. Not about pancakes, about music. Did you guys ever jam hip hop together? Shit.
1: Come man. on, you gotta let me know. Who was mark Henry and the rock listening to man, in the car? Was, <laughs> man, we used to jump out the car on the side of the road and dance. <laughs> to who? Who was the who was the we we listened to Miami uh beat music? Like <laughs> Big A's uh was a DJ. Um Disco Rick and the Dogs, Two Live Crew. I knew Two Live Crew was coming. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But you know, Luke, we would go back to like African Bambata type stuff. Oh wow! You know, we 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 love Kumo D. Um, You know, a lot of the New York, you know, rappers. Intellectual. Uh, oh, okay. Dougie Fresh was a was a, a favorite in the car. You know, so like we we listened to the old school.
0: That's what's up, man. You know, uh, you mentioned Vince. You know, anybody that knows me knows that Vince has always been one of my professional influences. I think he's easily, he's fucking one of the greatest promoters of all time. If yeah. not The greatest promoter of all time. Um, how was it working, you know, with him all those years? Like, you just getting to know him, you mentioned your relationship with him, and him, you know, giving you those gems
1: to be a better performer. You know, working with Vince was hard, because he's a perfectionist, and nobody's perfect. So he told you you was rotten a lot, Mm. but he would always say how you get better. And every wrestler that ever worked for him um, will tell you the same thing. If you did something good, and you came through the curtain, and he used to wear glasses, he would pull his glasses down on his nose and do like this that was good shit. (laughs) If you got one of those, bro, it was worth, it was like getting a raise. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It literally was like getting a raise because you knew that you was going to get more time. You knew you was going to get more opportunity on TV when he loved what you did. And, you know, when I started the, you know, um, Hall of Pain stuff, like, every week I would say something to try to pop him. He was my inspiration for some of the things that I said, you know, that that's what I do. Like, I'm great, I'm supposed to do this. Like, you know, he he loved that. But when I said, I'll split your head to the white meat, you know stuff that he never heard before. <laughs> he would laugh his ass. You're gonna do what? <laughs> like he loved that shit. So man, you know, um, I leaned into it, and 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 every week I tried to do something. If I start charging for air, keep your bill paid. Man, you and that's actually you know what
0: I I love the sexual chocolate thing that you did. I think that was just it was it was dope for what it was when it was. But Hall of Pain, That 365 theme song. Come on, man. Come, Come
1: on. on. man. Come on. Like, you, 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 you couldn't go wrong you, with that. You
0: knew what time it was, whatever he was coming to that chocolate
1: was fun. Yeah,
0: it was. But,
1: you know, the Hall of Pain paid the bills.
0: Hey, man, that put the strap on his shoulder, man. And you know what? It was beautiful to see you with the It title. wouldn't go
1: around my waist, but it fit right perfectly <laughs> on the shoulder.
0: And it looked good on you, too, man. It looked good on you. You know, before we wrap up, I want to ask a little bit more about AEW. Obviously, you know, that's where we're at yeah, now. Uh, what, what does Mark Henry want? want To accomplish within AEW, where do you want to see AEW go? Obviously, you guys are in DFW right now. You guys have been in town for Dynamite, Rampage, Ring of Honor, Collision. Collision. The Von Erics were part of the event the other night. By the way, the Von Erics have a movie that's out right now for those that don't know or that will be out Iron by the time. Iron Claw, MJF is actually in that movie, uh, who's the world champion at AEW. Let's talk a little bit about AEW and what you want to see happen and how you want to see. Your role not only evolve within this company, but how you want to see the company evolve as a whole.
1: As a whole, I would like to see the ratings go up. And I think that um, this tournament has done that. Like every, man, the ratings have been going up and up and up. And I think a lot of it is the energy and the mixes of matches. If AEW could continue to do what it's doing right now with this tournament, Tony has created a gold mine with it. Um, I think the fans love seeing people wrestle that don't normally uh, wrestle each other, and, and the the energy is is high. You know, like I mean, like Rouge, like that dude is Rouge. perpetual motion. He never stops. You better your ass better be in shape if you get in the ring with him. <laughs> he gonna run circles around you. It's gonna look like this. <laughs> like that dude is incredible, uh, and and Tony is doing a good job of recognizing the talent and letting them go. Turn let the dog off the leash, and Tony's done. He's done a hell of a job with that man. I can't. Uh, as far as my input, um, I want to I want to support the talent. I want to get them to see differently to get out of their own head sometimes and focus on the business and focus on what's going to be exciting for the show. Yeah. What like don't don't think about you. Be selfless. You know, so if if I can continue to do that and and just let them remind them you're going to get your chance. Cuz there's people that are eh. Man, I want it right now! Whoa, you're gonna get your chance. Just keep on developing, keep on getting better, and more. The 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 programming, the the um, projecting psychologically on the wrestlers is where I want to do better.
0: Absolutely. Look, before we wrap up, I want to go over one thing and conclude with this. I interviewed Chris Jericho. And I told Chris Jericho, I said, look, man, I know that there's this consensus that all the best wrestlers come from Canada, but I'm from Texas, and I want to
1: say this out loud. Say it. With your (laughs) chest.
0: Texas got the best pro wrestlers. Period. Let me go down the list. HBK. Undertaker. Say Say it. Mark Henry. Say it. Eddie Guerrero. Right, you have Jake the Steak Roberts, Eddie Guerrero, the Von Ericks, Jose Lothario. man, Jose Lothario. Uh, Booker T, Booker, Booker T, come on, hey, I'm letting you know now, Texas boys, right here, man. This is this is where it's at, man. Mark Kennedy, thank you so much,
1: Brother. for joining me, man. Love, man. Listen, I, I, man. I love anybody that love our business. Listen, and man, lifelong, man, lifelong,
0: yeah. dude. I mean, look, I. I mean, it, when the Undertaker fake retired, right mm-hmm. against Roman Reigns, and I, he was going down, and it looked like he, man, I cried, I cried, and I know you got a relationship with Taker, like like you don't understand, like when you get invested so much into the product, and you got guys like yourself that have sacrificed your bodies you know what I'm saying, for our entertainment. Dude, I can't do nothing but respect it. I love what you guys do. I went to AEW the other night, me being Mexican-American, seeing Andrade, seeing Rouge, These guys that are are phenomenal at what they do, man, I just respect it on a level that people don't understand. And then people will be like, oh man, you know that it's not, you know, I'm like, you don't understand. Like This is theater at its finest. It's storytelling and it's it's physicality. And I again, man, I-, I Look look
1: at our, you. you talked about Texas. Canada, they had the hearts. They had the hearts. We had the Von Ericks. True. We had the Guerreros. Guerreros? Like two historical wrestling families that did so much for pro wrestling as a whole. Um, I I wouldn't have have wanted to not be born nowhere else. We had the big cat Ernie Ladd, man. That's, a man, they got, well, I mean, you know, Canada got
0: some heavy hitters, too. I mean, you got Adam Copeland, Christy Cage. You got Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. You got the Hearts. Uh, I mean, as much as people. Santino Moreira. People don't like to say his name, but, hey, Chris Benoit is one of the best to ever do it, man. Yes, sir. One of the best to ever do it, man, and one of the most respected in that ring. Kurt Angle told me himself that was the one guy that made him elevate his game all the way. So, yeah. Some great guys that have been in the ring, man, and listen, you're one of the many, and you're one of the greats, and, and I just thank you so much, man. Like, thank you, bro. You, you, you You lifetime of memories, dude. Trust me, man, I, I really appreciate you being here. This right here is the one, the only, the world's strongest man, former Olympian, Hall of Famer, goddamn legend, Mark Henry. Put the nation of domination in the Hall of Fame, please. Let's go. AEW's very own, let's go, man, you already know.